Hey, Sporkies, Editing Dan here, finishing up the editing at 4.17 in the morning, so this will be uploaded by 5 a.m., probably. Whoops. It was supposed to go up last night, and I got caught up in some things, and now I'm still awake doing this. So, hey man, if you don't already, follow us on Instagram, at Bloody Spork. And if you wish to email us a movie suggestion, email us at bloodysporkpod at gmail.com. Also, if you wanted to, you could DM us suggestions on Instagram. I check those DMs pretty much every other day, so I'll see it eventually. That being said, we're talking about Halloween Ends this episode. It's a fun one. Enjoy it. Dan again, back with Gavin. Hello. We're talking about Halloween Ends. And before we get into it, I've got to say, wow, I didn't think they could ruin this trilogy like they did, but they (laughs) murdered it and not in a good way. No. Uh, Quickly, before we talk about Halloween ends, uh, we should address the trilogy as a whole along with technically the original, um, but we won't talk much about that. I've, I haven't watched the original in a very long time, but for the sake of Halloween Ends, we're going to discuss the first two movies that are at least relevant to this trilogy, which was Halloween 2018, and what's the second one called? Halloween Kills. Halloween Kills, maybe. I think that could be right. So just to catch everybody up to speed, since we specifically haven't covered those two movies on the podcast We'll do a brief little, let's catch everyone up to speed. So we're going to delay talking about like even the numbers bit, the Rotten Tomatoes bit. We're going to push that to when we actually start talking about that movie. Uh, Just as a quick recap, don't know how long this will take. Uh, We both just got done watching Halloween ends about 30 minutes ago. So it's extremely fresh on our minds. I watched the 2018 Halloween like two weeks ago. And I watched the second one last week, so mentally I'm here. I'm ready to talk about this. Starting with the 2018 Halloween, we won't do anything super specific, but generally speaking, what did you think of the Halloween 2018 movie? Because Gavin's not a huge fan of the franchise as a whole, so as our local hater, (laughs) we'll, we'll let him present his side first. I just so I've never really bought in to the Michael Myers aesthetic, um, but I mean, yeah, like you said before we started recording, Halloween twenty eighteen was you know well you said it was really good. I'll say it's solid, <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> like it's a watchable movie. I'd watch it again, um, and it it did bring life back to the franchise. Um, Halloween Kills, which I, I won't. I'll just give you all my opinions right away. Halloween Kills, not as strong as of a movie, a lot of dead space, but I enjoyed the kills <laughs> in it, mm-hmm. which, you know, is good because that's what the movie was called. <laughs> but I, 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 but it still left a little bit to be desired because they feel like they could have done more in that movie. But, you know, that's just how I feel watching most Halloween movies. I don't know why. I'm just, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then this one, we'll get, we'll get there, but. It's got to be the weakest of the three, without a doubt. Um, Halloween 2018 being the best of the three. 
and Halloween Kills being right there, right there in the middle. Perfectly in the middle, yeah. Excuse me. I was texting John earlier about it, um, and I mentioned to him it's exactly that. I'm going to sound like a boomer, but it's exactly that meme where it's the drawing of a horse. And like the, the back end of the horse is drawn perfectly well and it gets a little bit worse in the middle and then the head is like three lines that form a triangle and that's it <laughs> yeah. that is exactly what happened here so to recap with halloween 2018 halloween 2018 is a requel specifically yeah. halloween 2018 makes the original movie canon and then forgets about everything else obviously rob zombies movies were never canon they were their own universe uh but everything else just completely disregarded right so we have those original events in 1978. I think that movie's in. And we jump to 2018. <clears throat> and we are then introduced to the generations of Strodes at this point. So we have Laurie Strode. We have Laurie Strode's daughter and Laurie Strode's granddaughter, Allison, who is the focus of Halloween Ends. And Laurie Strode's daughter, who I'm blanking on the name of right now, um, but is a prominent character in the two in the first two movies that she's in. She dies at the end of the second one. Whoa, um, dude. Spoilers, bro. Right. Sorry. Mm, my fault. Uh, so <laughs> as someone who is a fan of at least Halloween 2018 and to an extent Halloween Kills, Halloween 2018 was good because it captured the feel of the first one the original, which is highly coveted as a quality movie, one of the classics, one of the OGs. Obviously, Michael Myers himself is an OG. Halloween 2018 was a great return to form for the series, especially considering all the sequel bullshit they've done in the 80s, mm -hmm. especially considering Rob Zombie's weird take on everything. Um, it was a good requel. It didn't do too much of rehashing from the original movie. It wasn't a shot-for-shot shot remake, obviously. And I think it was a competent sequel. And the way that Halloween 2018 ended made it just ambiguous enough to where it didn't need to be sequeled. But it's very open to being a sequel if it did well. Obviously, it did well. Because it did well, the same people who produced that one got greenlit for a trilogy on the spot, essentially. So they're already every movie exactly yeah. it's which so is, stupid which is fine when you do it from the jump and i say that because that's what happened with x during x's production ty west was already greenlit for the trilogy so he can already think of the trilogy on the spot and as we mentioned in that episode of x he was he was shooting pearl as he was shooting x and it works uh either way that didn't happen here because it got greenlit post movie one. So now they want to push, they want to pump these movies out as fast as they can because that first movie was so successful financially. And so we get the second movie in 2021 and then we get this movie one year later. And this movie being one year later is such a poor excuse for a fucking movie to end the trilogy that started off so strong. It's beyond me. That second movie is a middle movie to a T. Does not need to exist and the biggest gripe people have with the movie is that it clearly just uh, like runs i don't I really, is like i don't really know what the term is but overstays its welcome that's why i was saying like the second movie was solid but they could have done more because as a second movie that could literally be erased and wouldn't change anything mm -hmm. they really could have went 
way harder with the like how fun it was you know yeah. they could have added so much better kills more kills um it, but like you said it, it it it's solid but it doesn't even need to be there <laughs> yeah. ha- the halloween kills was still has its positives right i will i'll yeah. give halloween kills what it has going for it i enjoyed one of the big things we love around here is story building and lore building and what halloween kills did so well was build up haddonfield as a town we become associated with the town all the intricacies you know not not all of us are from a small town so you don't understand this dynamic but these things actually happen in real life like people like we went to school in an area where that area is like a small town and everybody knows each other. And this is like going into that area. Now as an adult, I get that energy, not Haddonfield specifically, no riots are going to start or whatever. Maybe if there was a random murderer in the town, but regardless where I grew up, that wasn't what I grew up around. Um, So fleshing out Haddonfield was really, really good for Halloween kills. And I'll give it that. Uh, getting introduced to like side characters from that original 1978 movie, having like slightly more prominent roles was really cool. Um, you know, it, it gets its callbacks in, which are always going to happen with these bigger franchises. Cause there's like, Oh, Hey, we, you, you know, we know that other movie existed. Ha ha. Here's your fun callback. Ha ha. Uh, whatever. I don't have a problem with that either. And like Gavin said, Halloween kills lets Michael Myers be Michael Myers. And that's probably the best part of the movie right next to the Haddonfield town development. That being said, it's still a middle movie. So it sputters a bit because it doesn't really want to, it doesn't really know what it wants to do with its story at all. There's like a 20 minute sequence. I'm I'm pretty sure where she's just in a hospital. (laughs) Yeah. And talking. (laughs) It's so bad. Excuse me. And it tries to do these little, Little interesting things like Laurie Strode, uh, you know, admitting like Laurie Strode and that officer, uh, Sertain, is that his name? I think, uh, hold on. Let me double check. Um, well, that, that's Patrick Sertain from the Denver Broncos. He's solid. He is, you know, he's good at football. Oh, <laughs> you know what? Not a spoiler, but in Halloween ends, we get like two lines of dialogue about fantasy football. Yeah. I laughed at that. I'll give it that. That was good. Uh, who the fuck is this guy? Either way, uh, Lori confesses. Lori and the officer, the officer that was in the original nineteen seventy eight movie, admit that they had a little thing. They went on a date. He wanted to kiss her. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. But uh, I'm trying, like, the 2018 movie, so I know I'm jumping back and forth, but I'm trying to just, uh, 2018 movie was really good. If you're going to watch any of these movies, you can watch that first one. You don't need to watch the uh, the next two. <laughs> Leave that good taste in your mouth of that first movie and never let it go and never explore. All right? Does the second, does Halloween Kills, like, foreshadow the events of Halloween ends at all, or was this just completely random? This is completely random as far as I'm concerned. What I thought, which is really fucking stupid. Yeah. (laughs) But like, could they not come up with anything else? Excuse me. Officer Frank. That's his name. Sorry. Ah, ah, (laughs) Oh, 2018. was, good 
And what it did was great. And one of the better, again, one of the other strengths for 2018 is the writing. In 2018, the characters were so intelligent for a scary movie. And to see characters act of intelligence in a slasher specific movie was new ish and a welcomed factor to that movie. All those people act intelligently because Lori's been planning for 30 years, 40 years. Uh, for Michael Myers' comeback, right? And so all the characters act accordingly. Because of that, you know, uh, Laurie Strode's daughter was brought up in it, so she was prepped for Michael, even though she was in denial the whole time, and she tried to keep it from Alice and her daughter, and it didn't work out. So in the end, uh, uh, Judy Greer plays the Laurie Strode's immediate daughter. I don't know her name, whatever. Just know Judy Greer puts in a great performance. She does the best with what she gets. In both of those movies, uh, Halloween Kills, like we mentioned, it's just Michael Myers getting to be Michael Myers. I've noted its strengths. It's a middle movie. It sputters a lot, so it's not great, but it's still a welcomed addition if the third movie could complete the triangle, right? Complete the circle. <sighs> Halloween Ends basically nullifies the existence of the second movie. Not in a way that it retcons anything or like goes back on things that happened in that second movie. It just the second movie is just not relevant. Nothing that happened in the second movie is even really acknowledged in the third movie. The whole point of the second movie could have just been a like 10 minute beginning of the last movie. Like they could have just added where the daughter gets killed and um Michael Myers like gets beat to fucking piss and is like weak now. (laughs) They could have just done that in 10 minutes in the beginning and then flash forwarded four years or whatever, how long. And then the second movie ending wasn't great. And the reason it's not great is because the second movie created a cliffhanger in its ending, which by default you are going to get a high amount of viewership on your next movie because you ended with a cliffhanger. I I genuinely just watched a video on this and some uh, on uh, not that I watched the walking dead, but it, uh, it was on the walking dead and it was talking spoilers for the walking dead. Um, and I only say this because these are like two, the two episodes I watched of the walking dead. And it was the, where Negan gets introduced and he takes his bat and kills Abraham his name is, and then it like shows us him killing somebody else, but we're not sure who it is. But then I think it's season eight starts and he kills Glenn. And you just, they ended on a cliffhanger, but not one that was naturally created throughout the actions and causations of the episode, but just to end on a cliffhanger. <laughs> and that's what happens in the second movie. Like I said, he kills Laurie Strode's daughter, Judy Greer's character, just to kill her, pretty much. Uh, It creates a false cliffhanger, essentially, where no real tension was brought to that moment. Because where I said the first one's strength was in the character's writing, the second one lost that immediately. Everybody in the second movie is so insufferably dumb and have at least two or three opportunities to kill Michael legitimately and then don't. And they play up the entire time about how Michael Myers is this crazy, terrible entity and 
you know, evil dies tonight was fucking echoing through that entire fucking movie. But when they got the opportunity to kill evil, they all folded worse than a lawn chair. And he manages to 1v30 an entire town. (laughs) He's a beast. Basically, Michael Myers is insane. Michael Jordan is prime, you know? Like, it just doesn't... Either way, I even with the terrible cliffhanger ending, I do not hate the second movie because, as we've mentioned, kills are really cool. They fleshed out Haddonfield, and those are its two biggest strengths. There's not really much else to it besides that. It also... They play many men while he's beating the shit out of all the community members. Uh, and the other issue with the second one is that Laurie Strode was in the movie for like 20 minutes. And the second one did exactly what the original sequel did. And that was have a Halloween movie where Laurie Strode was hospital bound for the entire movie and got 20 minutes worth of scenes. Fun fact. Nice. So I, mm, mm, uh, basically in Halloween 2018, Allison, it's Halloween night. Michael got out again. Laurie knows he got out. Uh, Michael's on the hunt, essentially, to kill Lori. Excuse me. Uh, the three generations of Strode stick together. They manage to, quote, unquote, kill off Michael for that movie. He's not actually dead. Like I said, it was done in a way where he could have been dead, but it was also just mysterious enough to where it could open into a sequel. It opens into a sequel. Halloween kills picks up literally right where that movie left off left off. Uh, we then just have another somehow Halloween kills happens in like two hours real time because it was dark when it started and it's still dark <laughs> out when it ends. So even though a lot happens, somehow it's only really two hours, three hours, maybe four tops. And I, you know what? I'll look past that for all the strengths I've mentioned multiple times now. We're now going to get into Halloween ends and it is going to be spoil. It's going to have spoilers. Obviously there's no way to talk about it without spoilers. Um, but I know I say it every time too. We're not going to go beat by beat. I mean it this time. <laughs> there are some big ideas as a whole that can just be talked about yeah. without spilling specifics. And that's just what we're going to do. So here's your numbers bit. Our favorite thing to do. Gavin might already know the answers if he because we watched it on Peacock and Peacock has the, the ratings readily available when you hit play. Uh, we're going to do it anyway, though. <laughs> Rotten Tomato score. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. Halloween. This movie sucks fat balls. Rotten Tomatoes. Halloween <laughs> ends critically. What do you think? Um, critically. 30%. Higher, but not much higher. Hmm. 35 a little bit higher 39 yes so we had 39 percent critically critics consensus just a reminder this is our consensus because we have a a podcast we are now aligning with the critics halloween ends for now anyway with a frequently befuddling installment that's stabbed slashed and beaten by a series of frustrating missed opportunities that's a really vague consensus they came to um to sum it up the movie sucks yeah. So <laughs> audience score. 
<laughs> Rotten Tomatoes. What That's, do you think? It's probably like fucking like sixty or something. Uh, it's gonna be fifty-seven. Yeah. So, idiots. For... <laughs> and just for comparison's sake, we're not gonna play the game for the other two. But Halloween Kills, Rotten Tomatoes. We'll just you know, not that numbers really mean much with these movies, and even us doing our out of six at the very end doesn't mean much. It's just for no. Fun. Our our rating is the end all be all. <laughs> rating for every movie we do <laughs> in general ratings are hard to do because you can just be rating on so many things but we're yeah. gonna do it for fun so we we're can also like me and you are literally rating them on different things <laughs> in real time <laughs> yeah so you know it all just makes for a fun end of year episode so don't worry about it halloween kills had the same score critically 39 percent, but halloween kills had a 66 percent audience score which isn't much higher nine percent but i understand why it's higher yeah halloween 2018 i think i am sure of the fact that it has the best scores of the trilogy if my phone wants to work got a 79 percent critically certified fresh an audience score 71 which is only two percent no five percent higher than halloween kills but i understand why it's not like an 80 plus percent because it's a slasher movie Halloween 2018 doesn't have too much slasher slasher to it. Yeah. Halloween Kills is like pure slasher. And I'm going to be real with you, man. I I think uh, slashers might be on the downward trend these days. Mm -hmm. That's why I think X was really good because X took the standard premise of a slasher and flipped it on its head. Yeah. So it did something different, which is why I liked it. Even though it's simple, it was still completely different. So it's good by default agreed um either way now that we're in halloween ends let's talk about the fact this movie takes four years after the events of halloween kills halloween kills yeah which (laughs) came out last year by the way yeah uh came out last year it's now four years later and i think they said it in 2019 with the four years later, or is that wrong? No, 2019 was when the accident happened with um, Con- Connor. Is that his name? Cody? Corey. Corey. <laughs> okay. We'll explain the accident in a moment. Okay, so 2019, that happens. So this is set in the year 2023. Sure. Okay. We ain't That's even fine. there yet. Either it way. It was all a dream. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's four years after Halloween kills. We get a 10-minute intro scene, right? of this guy Corey, who's essentially our main character of this movie um unfortunately and Corey has to babysit this piece of shit little kid basically uh his parents are like you know have him in bed by nine uh she mentions like ever since the story of michael myers got out there the kid's been scared pissing the bed whatever as soon as the parents leave the kid's a little shit of course he is mm-hmm. uh he sets up a plan to try and scare Corey. Uh, we find out Corey is applying to engineering schools, um, which, you know, call me out if I'm wrong, because it's going to play into a point later. Him saying that makes me think he is 17 or 18 and he is applying to engineering programs at colleges. Therefore, he is 17 or 18. <laughs> well, doesn't um, I feel like at some point, don't they say he's 21? do that he does drink he said i think i think he says like i'm 21 at some point Mm. 
Okay. Somebody, I swear. I you're you're probably right. Up. I'm not I sure. Where somebody says that. He he actively looks at the alcohol in the parents' fridge, but doesn't grab it. Yeah, he grabs chocolate and milk. <laughs> grabs chocolate milk instead. Right. And I don't know if that's a sign of him being underaged or if him he has just like, ah, I'm babysitting. I'm not gonna drink. Either way. He's just a quirky dude, bro. So just even though we just watched the movie, regardless, okay, his age range is now 22 to 25. After once we get into the meat of the movie, he is 22 to 25. Either way. Uh ultimately the babysitter, Corey, kills the kid accidentally. Uh, the kid was trying to scare him, locked him in a basement, not in a basement, in the attic or something, in a closet, I don't fucking know, closet, whatever. Corey gets, Corey starts freaking out. He starts kicking the door down. The kid is holding the door. So when he kicks the door down, and they're like, they're in some rich people house. They're like seven floors up. So when he kicks the door down, he knocks the kid over the banister as soon as the parents come in, uh, which already I don't get. Already is very dumb. Because, okay, sure, he's freaking out. He's locked in this closet. Once the parents come in, they're not going to think you locked yourself in the closet. <laughs> and he's set, and the kid is saying, my parents are about to get here. Ooh, just fucking whatever, man. Just sit down. Have a breather. It's going to be okay. Either way, kills the fucking kid. And then we jump four years after this. He ends up, uh, he, he's innocent. We have Laurie Strode narrating for some fucking reason. And basically she's saying that ever since all those events happened and her daughter died, uh, Haddonsfield has been darker, evil, whatever. We see a bunch of crimes that have happened throughout. So either way. That kid death is the first, like, that already made me not like this movie. Yeah. They killed him. Had to be the funniest way that they could have killed that kid. <laughs> Where he gets hit and just goes, ah, and then falls. <laughs> Flips over a banister. Like, come on. This is a Halloween movie. They should have made it when he kicked the door. The knob, like, went into his eye socket. And the, the parents run upstairs because he's screaming. And he's, like, he's hanging on the, the doorknob by his skull. Like, something crazy like that. That's a Halloween kill. Yeah. He is they, a he's a child. You know how like how low the railing would have had to have been for him to have legitimately been knocked over the railing? Yeah, it's him kicking the door in is hitting the, the, the doorknob to the kid's like chest. So when he's backing into the rail, his body weight or what's it what's it called? Like uh center of gravity is so low to the ground, there's no way he could physically flip over this railing. Yeah. Either way, we're not we're not physics majors, but still it, it, it was just such like I was literally laughing. When it was like supposed to be a serious, like occurrence, yeah. Point, and I was just geeked up watching that. Uh, and it just, yes, it is an instant, in my opinion, because I, I texted Gavin, "You're gonna hate this movie just from the first ten minutes," because it's such a, excuse me, r- random start when. Your first movie played directly into your second movie. Your second movie ended with that cliffhanger. And then you don't even address that to start this movie. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you right now, they never address it. It's addressed in passing. Uh, Allison mentions like, you know, Michael Myers killed my parents, but we don't see any grief response. We, we don't see her or Laurie Strode dealing with it at all. 
Mm-hmm. And they did the same thing when the dad died in the first movie. Uh, so at least they're consistent. <laughs> um, we continue onward. Uh, so to continue down Corey's path, it's like the, the movie gave itself away within the first 30 minutes. Yeah. Because, man, I... I don't know how I want to jump around yet, but either way, he gets bullied at a gas station because now he's known around town as the kid killer. He was let off innocent. Uh, so now he just, for whatever reason, stayed in Hadsfield because why wouldn't you? Which, okay, you know, whatever. I get it. It gets a little hard once you've developed that reputation. And then when we meet his family, it makes more sense. Uh, we, he's, gets bullied at a local gas station by high schoolers i'm assuming maybe yeah, they're like, we're seniors yeah they say they're seeing <laughs> oh yeah yeah they're asking him to buy them alcohol so yeah they're seniors in high school um uh and are just dicks about it by the way if you're gonna go up to a stranger and expect them to buy you alcohol you gotta be a little nicer than this but I guess this just resonates with what Laurie Strode's been saying about how, like, oh, well, the town's a lot more evil now since Michael disappeared. By the way, Michael shouldn't have fucking disappeared. You should have already killed him, you idiots. But it's fine. <laughs> Here's this movie. So as he's getting bullied, he, like, breaks a glass bottle of chocolate milk in his hand because he still drinks chocolate milk. We see that he's become a junkyard worker of sorts, essentially. So those dreams of engineering school were dashed away as soon as all that legal shit popped up. Um, And so after he breaks a glass bottle, Lori is now shoehorned into the movie to interact with this child. And she's like, get away. And the bullies are like, look, a freak, a freak show and a psychopath. And then, I don't know, Lori's like, which one are you? (laughs) Ha 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 ha. Ah, oh, shut up. Laurie Strode takes this opportunity to introduce Corey to her granddaughter. Her granddaughter works at a hospital of sorts. Uh, and here's your immediate first red flag. <laughs> we talked about it right before we started. Allison, again, has faced the same time jump as everyone else. And Allison was definitely in high school in that first movie. So you go from that first movie into the second movie directly, and then you do a four-year time gap. She's only 21 or 22. But the way they make her look and the way they wrote her, they make her to be like 32. <laughs> and for some reason, I'm sure it's intentional, right? I, I'm 100% sure it's intentional. They write her to basically be her mother. reincarnated almost which doesn't make any sense why would you do that you already did it with the actual mother and the mother came around Mm. because of michael myers then existing the granddaughter allison has now already interacted with michael myers she knows he's real so the whole rest of this movie doesn't make any fucking sense Because never, ever has Halloween, the franchise, been about love or sex (laughs) being bad or Mm -hmm. anything along these lines. But for some fucking reason, 
the first 45 minutes of this movie try to develop not one, but two love stories out of nowhere. Have you forgotten who your main character of your franchise is? It's Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode. She is your OG final girl. One who has never been one to affiliate with love and romance and sex because that's just what it is. That's just what and she's she is been. 80 years old. <laughs> yeah, that's what she's embodied this entire franchise. And it showed in 2018. The three of them stuck together, you know, go women. And that movie rocks because of it. Uh, and there's no, you know, we get, and it was different then because there was like a little bit of high school drama and a little bit of high school love and romance, but you're going to get that with high schoolers. Sure. And in that movie, it's such a tiny piece of the movie. It doesn't matter. The romance here, like I said, takes up the first 35 minutes and is so out of left field for the franchise as a whole. And it's like aggressively romantic. Yeah, it's not like, you know, little flirty, you know, winks and and, and sweet talk in here. It's just straight into it. Like it doesn't the, make any sense. Her and the old guy are having a dementia battle in the supermarket. I like your face. Right. Oh my God, please stop talking. Professor Frank. Professor. Officer Frank. Professor. <laughs> <laughs> Officer Frank. He probably Frank. thinks he's a professor. <laughs> um, and then, like, Allison just follows little Michael, is what I'm going to call him, everywhere. And like, just says stuff like, "Yeah, so uh, you want to go out with me? You want you want to you want to come over to my house? You want to come to this party?" He's actively saying, "Please leave me alone." It's just not. It's there's no relatability. It's not real, and it's also a Halloween movie. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. So yeah, Laurie Strode took Corey or Michael Jr. into the hospital, knowing that you know they could potentially hit it off, right? But. Allison takes the reins on it. And that doesn't make any sense considering her past, like how she interacted with her boyfriend in high school. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. People grow, right? People develop, people change. Um, and, you know, she found out he was cheating on her or saw him cheat on her and freaked out, broke up with him on the spot. Excuse me. They try to like give him a little bit of a redemption arc in that second movie, but he gets fucking destroyed in that second movie by Michael. Not really relevant, but it doesn't make sense for her to be so forward no. about pursuing this man. That's just what, like, in a time where dating is the way that it is, and again, that first movie, your characters were written so well and so intelligent. And Allison specifically has been one of those characters of a higher intelligence, generally speaking. This makes no sense for her to act like this without any prior semblance of her acting like this. You know, that second movie didn't play on sexuality at all. So why are you randomly putting it in here? I'll tell you why. It's to develop fake tension <laughs> that doesn't produce anything by the end of this movie no. because Allison goes through this entire arc and then immediately retcons it by the end of the movie just like her fucking mother did in the first movie why did you do it all over again why does the second movie exist to show that they are related <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense no, it's it's, it, it's 
And if that's the intention of the movie, sure, okay. But why write Michael Myers out of it? Why try to uh, christen in a new Michael Myers with it revolving around love and the idea of getting out of Haddonsfield? But regardless, the primary motivational force is love. Yeah, I don't. What? What? Ah. So, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and then, like, the further we go into their, whatever it is, attraction, I guess, (laughs) it's more like infatuation, Um, just the the worse it gets, because eventually it just turns into a, I'm going to do what I want, you can't tell me what to do, (laughs) it's not even, it's more about just, she doesn't want to be controlled than anything else, it's just... Uh, I, I can't stand the movies. So, to talk on another set piece, um, there's a Halloween party that Allison got invited to. So, first off, we don't need another Halloween party. Okay. We got a Halloween party in the first one. It's very clear they're trying to do a callback to that, even though that movie is only four years old. It's a little too early to make callbacks to it. But we get another terrible party scene where that first one was so insufferable because it was inserted out of nowhere. This high action, high intensity, high energy scene in a movie that is generally very dark and very dreary and very lowly because Haddonfield is a miserable town with a miserable history. We're going to have this just random fucking Halloween party (laughs) to, again, create a scene of fake tension. Not fake tension, but just forced tension, I guess. Um, Corey wearing a mask he's wearing a scarecrow mask which i think is important too um while she is wearing a black cat mask which is also arguably important ish but uh i digress uh him wearing a scarecrow mask is significant of perhaps the uh what's the the scarecrow in the wizard of oz wants what does he want brains mm-hmm. never mind bad reference yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought i knew where you were going and then you <laughs> What does a what does a scarecrow represent other than a fake object to strike fear in birds? Right, him wearing this scarecrow mask is just fake fear, and that's what he represents is this fake, uh, fake scare throughout the town. He he has become the new boogeyman of the town because he accidentally killed a child. At the same time, Michael Myers disappeared. Yeah. So for some reason, I mean, I say some reason, but what he did is tragic regardless. Um, but I feel like it was pretty easy to prove that it was an accident, ultimately. But I digress. Again, forced. Um, they, the town needs a new subject to blame for all the bad things in town. And he becomes that subject. Uh, so... Uh, he runs into the mom at the bar without Allison and the mom recognizes him because he took his mask off, right? Took his mask off. And she's like, you think you can have fun and party in this town when you know what you did and you know, you're guilty and you killed my son and this, that, and da, 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 da. like, it's just, mm. she's one of the few people that never, she didn't die in this movie. She didn't die in this movie. Why didn't why why didn't she why did she not die in this movie? 
Why wasn't she the first person that he went and killed? <laughs> because it's her that ruined him. Yeah. So why, of all the people Mikey Jr. here kills, she was somehow left off the list. Not sure I understand why. Uh, we He runs back into his bullies after this night. He tells he tells Allison basically, don't fall in love with me. I'm no good for you. Bye. And she accepts it. Okay, for the moment. He runs back into those high school bullies again. They end up tossing him over a bridge. Uh, he lives, by the way. Like a 10-foot drop. I guess it's not implausible, but Jesus Christ. He gets dragged into a tunnel. I don't know how far we are into the movie. I didn't write down the time, unfortunately. But we're a decent bit in the movie. And we're just now seeing Michael Myers. And, like, I saw the trailer. So you see when Michael grabs his neck in the sewer. Everybody saw that in the trailer. After watching that, I was like, man, how did that kid get in the sewer? (laughs) There is... you. Could have gave me a thousand guesses, and I never would have guessed that a bunch of high schoolers threw him off a bridge, and then Michael drug him through a sewer pipe, and then didn't kill him because they need to have this scene where their souls link or something. Yeah, and then di- yeah, and then just te- telepathically turned him into a killer with eye contact. And they don't, and they don't even make it subtle either. He wore glasses the entire time throughout the movie. The bully stepped on the glasses, and then Michael looked at him, and now he can see perfectly. Now he doesn't need glasses. Now he's got twenty twenty vision. Now he sees clearly. Get it? <laughs> uh, we we get some more overarching dialogue out of Laurie Strode that's just saying generic things that fit the premise and aren't even very deep. Um. Uh, Laurie Strode says people create their own stories and make their own choices. They believe what they want to believe. Am I in control or are the elements in control? So we should note, I think, I don't know if we mentioned the specifics, but Laurie Strode's basically writing a story on her experience and the town, I guess. I don't know. I don't really remember. All I know is Professor, Professor, why do I keep doing that? Officer Frank uh, suggested it, you know, it was his idea. So make sure he gets his share, right? Um, when Corey came out of the tunnel, a homeless man freaks out on him saying, no, I'm Michael Myers. And then Corey kills him. What? What a weird homeless man. The homeless man knew Michael Myers was in the tunnel, but Michael Myers never did anything about the homeless man. Yeah. They must have had a a mutual. (laughs) They they just dap each other up every night. (laughs) He's like. Good to see Homeless you man would leave him treats at the end of the <laughs> super trying to keep him alive. Leave him his favorite Halloween candy, whatever, whatever Michael Myers I'll likes. Like some Tootsie Rolls outside. <laughs> Give him the three knocks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there, the one up, I'll give it. When Corey does this kill, we get a remix of the original Halloween tune, but at a, a slightly deeper pitch. That was cool. You know, usher in a new era, except that we don't. He sucks at his job. Yeah, except he's really bad at this. Um, It's like some of the kills at the end were pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'll give it that. Um, Here's your fucking... Here's Halloween 1978's dick being forced down your throat um, with another callback 
where Lori stares out the window and <laughs> Corey, Corey stands at next to this bush, exactly how Michael Myers did in the original fucking movie. God, that was so we've, funny. we've done it again. And then she goes down there to look for him and then boom, jump scare. He's behind her. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Oh. God, it's because it's one of those scenes that's going to be done to death, just like the the fucking shining hatchet door scene. Ah, we get it. Okay, we get it. Stop it. Um, and then are we now just saying that Lori Strode is just as paranormal as Michael is because she has this innate ability to sense evil energy? I guess so. Because that's what happens. She instantly knows there's something wrong with him. She is um, the opposite of Michael. He is pure evil and she is pure good. Uh, so he mentions to Allison that they need to talk. And that she should walk with him. The first sentence out of his mouth is that he has killed a man. And mm-hmm. Alice and Allison's basically like, wow, that's hot. Oh, dude. You know what that reminds me of, actually? Hmm. So- for anybody that might watch Lord of the Rings show on Amazon, <laughs> sorry, spoiler. But in the in the that show, throughout this whole first season, the guy who you find are you gonna watch it, Dan? No. Okay, then I'm gonna spoil it. The guy that you end up finding out is Sauron, just keeps like saying things that could be taken as like, shut up, you're just trying to be annoying, or also he's just saying a fact. And this <laughs> he does this like the whole time. The guy who plays um what's his name, Corey? Yes. Like he said, I killed a man or whatever. Or No, he says, I killed someone. And she just is like, oh, yeah, Billy, whatever, Jimmy. When he means the old guy he just killed. And then later he's like, if I can't have her, nobody can or something. And he he keeps like everything he says is like a foreshadowing, mm-hmm. which I hate. Yeah. <laughs> but it's fine. <laughs> like they tried. Yeah, they they tried their hardest. But again, it's just that you've made Allison so smart in the last two movies. And with what she has seen, it doesn't make sense for her to just jump. Like, you're telling me she falls in love with the thing that has essentially caused her the most trauma in her life? Yeah. Like, I guess that's technically a thing, IRL, but not. I just don't think it would be realistic to this degree. (laughs) Um she's being easily manipulated by love which again like i said so whatever that happens he confesses we get some direct commentary with some music which i do enjoy intentionally placed music and lyrics so he's dropping her off she says if you want to come do you want to come in the song at the time says if you fly too close you might die and then he replies with another night i like little things like that there's another one later on I believe I wrote down. Um, so after that, he's seen driving off. There's a problematic cop that like went on a date or two with uh, Allison. The cop follows. Uh, what the fuck is his name? I've said it's Corey. Cop follows Corey onto the bridge. We know what the bridge is. A scuffle ensues. Ensues? Yeah, sure. Uh, and the two of them gang up on the cop. And we see like Michael begins to stab the cop and he kind of like starts nutting, basically like his whole body starts shaking. And it's just like, 
you know, and don't get me wrong, that's a direct commentary. I haven't read the book. There's a, there's a book that was written in the late 90s. It's called Men, Women, and Chainsaws. And Michael's knife is his penis, essentially, is the subconscious underlying thought process behind it. So as he's stabbing this cop, he's jolting every time and is like essentially being brought back to life. That's where I thought this movie was going, was that he was going to bring Michael people to kill and then Michael was going to be like, get powerful because they kept saying he is evil so i was like okay he got he's got to build evil up or something right and i'll rewrite your movie right now <laughs> on the on the peak of his power before the bullshit ending happens he just kills Corey, is now at full strength and then just make it a 2v1 with allison and Lori. whatever and then they both get fucking killed <laughs> and it's over and michael yeah. wins that's yeah. better pretty much honestly <laughs> uh after that kill, Corey went and spent the night. We see bits and pieces of Allison starting to deteriorate, right? Between behind like the continued interaction with his evil. She becomes she starts to, not to become evil because that would have been an interesting turn in her character and would have made sense, but she never actually becomes evil. She just gets like cynical. <laughs> yeah, and that just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's like my big thing and i thought of this my big thing is that it seemed like they wanted to do that right it seemed like they wanted to turn allison evil outright and have her be a killer in some regard and they created two characters perfect for it and if they had even killed those two characters with allison this movie instantly becomes like five times better in my eyes even with the rest of the movie staying the same but that doesn't happen so Allison at the hospital she's working at, there's this ditzy assistant. They're in the same position, but she got the promotion because that girl is fucking the boss, basically. Oh, yeah. So, you know, oh, naturally. <laughs> how, how else do you get a promotion, really? How else do you get a job? <laughs> so the, the assistant and the head doctor of the office are seen hanging out together at his house. They're, you know, about to get it, get it on for the night. And... Corey comes out of nowhere and kills these two. Yeah, I don't. And Michael. <laughs> yeah, Michael as well shows Who up. I guess came on his motorcycle. I don't yeah. Know. There is no. I could be wrong. There's no scene where Allison even tells him about these two characters. Mm-mm-mm. It makes no fucking sense for him to kill these two. It's at, literally at just all. when he is not evil yet and he's mean once to, and, the, to Allison. <laughs> and. If there was a scene of Allison exposition dumping, saying how she hates these two characters, and then he killed her, and then she becomes more infatuated with him, that makes sense. But you know what they didn't do was that. (laughs) They just randomly get killed by him. And it doesn't make any sense for him to do it. Because this, like, uh, ten minutes before, Allison finally tweaked out on the dumb assistant and she's like, why don't you ever just shut the fuck up, basically? And the girl's like, I do talk too much. You're right. And that's it. And then she slams a drawer. Ooh. She showed her. Turn her into a killer, man. At least or, have or at her. least just have, yeah, have her tell him. And then, like, oh, my God, you killed them for me? <laughs> and then it would be a little bit different, you know? And so, whatever, that happens. Allison decides, you know, there's been this running thing of like, let's burn the town down essentially. So we get burn it down by boy harsher playing as Allison and Corey bike away. 
they want to run away together. Um, once they make this decision, we haven't talked much about Corey's parents and there's a whole think piece to be had with them, but basically Corey's dad is his boss. You know, he's the one that gave him the job and Corey's Corey's mom is an odd character and has definitely stunted his social growth. We'll say he's a mama's boy in the most toxic way imaginable where even at his age, the mom's like, you can't go running off with her. Who do you think you are? Yada, yada, yada. I don't want you seeing that girl anymore. So when he comes home this time, she smacks him, kisses him on the lips. Yeah. Instantly like pulls away. And the dad sees the whole thing. And he's like, I hope you find love out there. What? Like they've explored. I mean, we skipped some things. They explored the relationship with his mom a bit, but not to where she needs to kiss him. Yeah, I don't know. And like, is that really sorry, this might jump ahead a little too far, but like, is that really like bad enough for him to do what he did? Yeah. (laughs) I don't Uh, think that merits that. (laughs) Again, the mom of the child should have been killed. Yeah. But instead, like, unless there was like some undertones of the mom is a weirdo type of thing. But I didn't get that. I just got that she was just a very over controlling. Right. So she, like, she she I, felt she felt that her son was done wrong by the town, which is fair. And then wanted and, to keep him safe. Yeah, and I, and I don't, you know, I don't find her action. I don't find the way she generally acts unbelievable. Right. No, like no. she just wants to protect her little boy in her it's eyes. A he's little a little bit of a caricature, but yeah, and he's an only child. But yeah, it is a caricature. But she does it well throughout the movie. The kiss was just a just a big touch of too far. That yeah. was unnecessary. Yeah. The character had already achieved what it was supposed to achieve. That made it gross. And then, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of weird decisions. Um, Lori threatens him finally, leave Allison alone. He says, if I can't have her, no one will. Let her live her life. We get a student versus teacher moment. Corey and Michael wrestle, like wrestle. (laughs) He just wins. Yeah, he just (laughs) overpowers Michael. Who even is literally though, the strongest human being on earth? But even and even though he's been feeding him bodies to re-energize him, overpowers Michael, takes his mask. Michael Undertakers sits mm-hmm. up immediately. Um, they attack the police car. Corey decides to attack the police car and then lure him away to the junkyard. Um, and all oh, by the way, all all while all this happens, there's just these scenes of people saying it's Lori's fault and it's Lori's fault that Michael Myers exists. And it's Lori's fault that the town is the way that it is. Yeah, what did somebody say that she um, taunted somebody with mental illness, and yeah. that's why he like what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They said that she taunted Michael Myers about his Michael illness, and he snapped, and that's why the town is the way that it is. What? I don't remember that in any any of the eight movies that? <laughs> yeah, it's like everybody nowadays has just forgotten about everything, and it's somehow Lori's fault that the town couldn't kill him themselves. Yeah, I don't. The whole weird. second movie is forgotten about. There's no talk of the fact that thirty people were tap dancing on Michael Myers' body instead of killing him. And then he killed all of them in 30 seconds. How was it Laurie Strode's fault? They're just creating fake tension over and over and over again. Uh, 
Either way, he does get to killing all the bullies, thankfully. He does kill the one girl. There's It's a group of four. And one of the girls was always, like, nice enough to him. I don't know why she hung out with the group of four kids. That made no sense to me either. Yeah, I know. And they don't focus in enough on her caring about him to make her important either. So I don't get it. She's very shoehorned in. And it's literally just to add to his body count by the end of it because he kills all four. Even though it would she... have been. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say it would have been actually like really, um, you know, an actually good decision if they would have had him like have mercy on that one. Yeah. Because it would have shown that he is currently evil, but he's not Michael. Whereas Michael was I will kill literally everybody. Yeah. This, he, this is still not Michael. But of course. That was too big brain. <laughs> so they just were like, all right, yeah, he's Michael now. <laughs> this is, guys, this is Mikey Jr., okay? Come on. Um, And my biggest issue was, like, this movie has a lot of kills too, but none of these kills are shown like they were in the second movie. Why did they tone it back down? I think they showed, like, actually, like, true, like, good kills. The girl, the radio host... Actually, maybe just those two. Yeah. Because like, like, yeah, yeah, that's it. Really, like the one, the main bully, got freaking welding torched in the mouth. But it was like done. Blurred, they blurred, basically. Which, to be fair, <laughs> out of focus. I, I, I get that, but we no, do... they should have showed that, bro. That would have <laughs> been crazy. <laughs> we we do see the majority of it, but it's very yeah, like we said, blurred out. And then he goes and stomps on the nice girl's head. He took a wrench to the one girl. We didn't see it. He took a knife and stabbed the one kid's eye. We didn't see that. And this is coming from the second movie where he stabs one of the dudes in an armpit and pushes him all the way into a wall. Or in the first, no, it's the second movie. He takes a teenager's head and rams it on a pointed end of a fence post. Or not a fence post, a uh, stair post, essentially. And keeps forcing his head up and down on this post until he's dead and then snaps his neck anyway. Yeah. And then we get all these boring kills? What? It's it's not too far of a time jump, but the radio host kill was it's quite ne- It's the next kill, yeah. That was quite... That was... I liked he, that. He goes ne- There's this radio host that's been playing throughout the movie and he just won't shut the fuck up and he's just very exploitative of, and, of the Michael Myers kills. Where he basically tells him, like, get off my... Get out of the radio building or I'm going to beat the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> and um this kill is sick we'll talk too much about it because if you're gonna watch anything from this movie watch this kill uh yeah. it's a good one um they show the whole thing so it's yeah worth- it's the only it's like the only kill showed a hundred percent of the way through totally sick totally deserved it um and then we get to the final set piece of the movie so Lori, there was mention that Lori went to AA basically she got clean sobered up she's drinking on Halloween night she pulls out a revolver and calls cops to report a suicide I'm instantly thinking there's no way she actually does this but I also don't know her plan so I'm hooked ish because I'm like okay she pulls out her OG revolver like I said Um, it's a trap Corey gets got because Corey don't know about Lori Strode and how good she is with this shit Uh, so she shoots him a bunch is like who do you think you are you think i wasn't ready for this shit i know who you are i know what you are um and then Corey says if no one can have her 
or if I can't have her, no one ever will, or something like that, stabs himself in the throat just as soon as fucking what's-her-name Allison is walking in. And as she walks in, Lori Strode has a knife in her hand. Of course she does. Who who the fuck pulls the knife out of somebody's throat? That just stabbed themselves. You leave that shit in there or they're going to think you did it. Yeah. <laughs> like, God. For, is... Again, for as smart, specifically for as smart as Lori Strode has been throughout four movies now. This That's is this not dumbest. realistic at all. <laughs> yeah. And... Of course, Allison walks in on it. She's upset. She freaks out. Even knowing that Corey was what he was, knowing that he confessed to murder already, yeah. knowing realistically or having an idea of the fact that evil is taking over his body, you're going to be upset with your grandmother mm-hmm. who protected you from Michael Myers originally for even if it was an actual murder on Laurie Strode's side, you still have no reason to be upset over this. I mean, the guy is wearing a jumpsuit and Michael Myers mask. Right. Laurie has every right to fucking kill that guy. There's (laughs) no, you know, (laughs) there's no reason for Allison to be upset about this. Now, better idea. You don't kill her high school boyfriend in the second movie. And then you let him become this character. And yeah, again, it would have been more interesting. You, why did they? Why did you make a four-year time skip and then introduce an entirely new character? This whole love story is a hundred times more believable if you do it with the high school boyfriend, and then you stay consistent with your theme of old flames because you know Laurie Strode does whatever with Officer Frank. So there's some more Strode consistency. There you go, writers, sign me up. I also it's would have not just, hard. Like, they could have just literally been like, "Yeah, Michael had a son." Now would have been like, "Yay!" <laughs> like that. I don't know. This just feels like the most uncreative way of getting like a new person involved. Right. Oh. I like. I much rather would have just been like, "What goal had sex with a sewer dweller?" <laughs> and his and now he's got a son and he's killing people. Like I don't know. It's just, right. <laughs> Brief intermission. So thoughts may not sound as congruent, but we have one final set piece to discuss before our final thoughts and shitting on this movie. (laughs) So after Corey stabs himself in the neck and uh, Allison witnesses it and leaves, Laurie Strode is left contemplating suicide again unaliving herself i should say she grabs the revolver but she already shot out of the shots out of it um and then michael myers is here and he comes in i guess through the front door not really no he came in through the back door but he's walking up from the front door essentially so he walks past Corey's body already doesn't make sense really because i don't remember the dynamic of the house construction <laughs> But walks past Corey's body to pick up his knife and pick up his mask. And then Corey is alive to grab his ankle. Yeah, serves what, no purpose. What is the point? Because then Michael just kills him instantly. Yeah. So why even do that? That was really dumb. That was like just extra strength stupid. That makes no sense. Because it's not even like... It's just not... Unless this is significant of this idea that 
Corey really was becoming Michael in his entirety and could live through fatal blows. But that feels like a stretch because they didn't really try to indicate that earlier with anything. Yeah. Because he hadn't even met Michael when he sustained the majority of his bodily injuries originally. Right. So that was dumb. Either way, Corey's now officially dead. And then basically we get HBK versus Ric Flair in an I retirement, I retire match. And we get 77 year old Michael Myers and 72 year old Laurie Strode going at it. Um, Both are very out of shape (laughs) and very weak, (laughs) but also somehow Laurie Strode is stronger than him. Basically. Uh, Like she was taking hits that like, you know, she should not have been taking (laughs) she should not have been bouncing back from but laurie strode man she was doing it also let it be known they definitely like plumped up jamie lee curtis a bit like you know she gets a bit more portly kind of like you know taking her edge off she got relaxed in these four years Hmm, i get what you're saying yeah she's not like that first movie, I wouldn't say it emphasized it, but she was like in shape in that movie-ish. Yeah. You know, in this movie, probably not actually Jamie Lee Curtis, but they made her look a little bigger. As if, you know, she's like, you know, like I said, taking some time off from being physically active. Yeah. Um, so they get into a scuffle. She stabs him in the chest eventually. He undertakers again. She then starts pinning him to this table with knives in his hands. Uh, she eventually slits his throat. He grabs at her. She says, do it, do it. You won't No balls. That's actually in the movie. Um, we then get a montage for some fucking reason. We get a montage of the 1978 movie and the 2018 movie. The montage noticeably included very minimal scenes from the second movie just an observation yeah uh weird (laughs) and i don't think had any scenes from this movie but i could be wrong i don't remember either way dumb really lame in my opinion you're just jacking yourself off at that point get over (laughs) get over yourself realistically like shut the fuck up (laughs) um surprise allison comes back to save her Mm -hmm. immediately disregarding the past hour and 50 minutes of this movie yeah. for 40 minutes of this movie. You built her up to hate Lori Strode. The last interaction was not a redemptive moment for Allison. She was tweaking on Lori, but then came back to save her because on, she on saw a fire. And then somebody called her and said, your mom just reported a suicide or your grandmother. Yeah. So she was like, Oh my God, I forgive you. <laughs> like, what was the point of your whole move? What was the whole point of her love story? Nothing. If it took one inciting incident of a reported unaliving to just have her be like, okay, I'll save you. Don't worry about it. Ha ha. Yeah. Hee hee. Hello. Uh, they slipped both his wrists. Which was just overkill. I don't, yeah. They don't need to show that thing. <laughs> he already slit his throat. 
I don't I don't know I don't know why in this moment on his deathbed you are just trying to emphasize the fact that he is supernatural. We already know. We already know. You know? I get it. It's like Laurie Strode doing these things just really emphasizes how stupid everyone is in that second movie, which I guess basically doesn't exist now because it doesn't it just doesn't exist. Other the only thing the second movie did for this movie in terms of continuity was kill Judy Greer's character. <laughs> That's it. And again, this movie didn't even really talk about it. Yeah. Uh <laughs> the emphasis again on the, the sexuality randomly interjected into this movie. Um, as she's stabbing Michael Laurie Strode, she gets on top of him and like straddles him for some reason out of nowhere. Yeah, I don't know why. And then as he's like bleeding out, she holds his hand the entire time. Why? Why? <laughs> Ugh, disgusting. She loves him. Either way, pretty sick. They put his body through a car crusher. That was yeah, pretty, that was pretty that was sick to watch, I guess. But like like you said, the whole town is just like, yeah, go Lori. Yeah. yeah, everybody. The whole movie. Even is, the lady who just berated her in the parking lot was oh, like there. <laughs> the whole movie is instantly retconned because Lori Strode saved the day. So now she's a good person again in the town's eyes. And <laughs> then Officer Frank drops off some vegetables and flowers at her house. And she asks about the cherry blossoms. Uh, Allison Allison moved out of Haddonfield. Yeah. Excuse me. She goes to Japan to meet the Japanese Michael Myers. <laughs> Laurie Strode signs off with a evil doesn't die, it changes shape. Ugh, what does that mean, Lori? What does that, that mean? Means that there's a sequel. Like I said, he's just a gelatinous form now. <laughs> uh the movie ends with Don't Fear the Reaper by Blue Oyster Cult playing. Yeah. And then Halloween ends, emphasis on the ends, movie over. Ah, I'm so upset by this movie. Two hours of my life gone. Two hours, by the way, two fucking hours of bullshit. The second movie was an hour and 45 minutes. Bullshit. That one was okay, because at least we got some sick kills. <laughs> Again, emphasis. If you're going to do a shitty slasher movie... Stop trying to make a decent plot. Just right. focus on your kills. Get some blood in there. Uh, it's just so insufferably bad because they just like they wanted to do this thing with Allison, but they just didn't fully commit. It's like they had this great idea. It would have been really interesting because as the youngest strode she's arguably the most influenced easily influenced even though she's already been through so many uh, occurrences to where yeah. an influence doesn't make sense but it would have been really cool if she tweaked out and went psycho would have been really cool just to have her kill those two people <laughs> your your movie would have been much better and you could cut out 30 minutes and then it's also much better oh ugh. oh it's so bad <laughs> it's so bad i want I think this is the worst movie we've ever reviewed. Realistically, I don't want to shit on Dark Floors randomly, but like Dark Floors, you know, the reckoning. Dark Floors didn't have the financial backing this movie did. The Reckoning didn't have the financial backing this movie did. 
this movie is coming off of the first movie's success realistically which did like 250 million off of a 10 million budget which is insane to think about but is the reason why these two movies exist unfortunately (laughs) man but uh anyway out of six bloody sporks (laughs) what are you giving it yeah, it's what didn't we just give something a one? Did we? We gave what's the movie we did? What did we do last? Well, we did Barbarian and Scary Godmother. Scary Godmother. Yeah, I don't. I feel like I might have given something a one. I, I I'm not going to give anything a one unless it's literally unwatchable, right. and it's not unwatchable because there are some good parts. Yeah. So I'll probably have to go. I'm going to be a little generous and give it a two and a half. Okay. Um, just because once the kills started coming, the ones they showed were enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was the kid falling off the steps was funny. Uh, there were some parts I enjoyed, but overall I did not like it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go two actually two. Yeah. At that right. point five is not good answer. <laughs> good answer. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to also give it a two. Big part of me wants to give it a one and a half, genuinely. <laughs> yeah. But the the radio host kill was pretty fucking sick. And honestly, seeing Michael Myers be like perma killed in a car crusher was also pretty sick. <laughs> yeah. That that was a bold decision to like physically show that murder murder of Michael Myers. And I will respect them for that at least. I think because they actually want it to be fucking over. <laughs> yeah. I I, th- I think they know how shitty they did, and they were like, "We are closing off our Jamie future." Lee Curtis being an actually good actor was probably like, "Show that shit," because I'm never doing this again. <laughs> she, she had to. She's probably so mad reading this script. And she's like, "There's no fucking way." <laughs> yeah, she's like, "I'm never being in another Halloween movie again." She probably I got like ten million dollars to make this movie. So insane. Um, so that's Halloween ends. A, a terrible piss poor ending to what was a promising start of a rebirth for Halloween. So that's terrible. I'm going to recommend the Hellraiser remake over this movie. Um, I'll take all seven wrong turns over watching this. <laughs> um, let's not also forget. I, I apologize. You should have brought it up when we got there. Just a real quick note. Um, the whole concept of Michael getting re-energized when the kid kills somebody it's already been done like recently like don't get me wrong movies take movies movies take much longer to produce but this whole the whole premise is already done in chucky season two not chucky season chucky season one so never mind that definitely came out before this uh so spoilers uh chucky in the tv series is trying to convince a kid to kill for him just because he wants to spread evil why is Michael Myers doing that? Ah, he's never, oh God, he's never been a dependent thing. He's always been the thing. You have ruined him. You've ruined this franchise. No. Yep. <laughs> Either way. Um, coming up on the horizon. Um, next Friday. It's going to be a special episode. And I don't, I'm not going to say too much about it, but if you follow the Instagram, you'll know. But 
that being said, uh, I'll say we're going to review a classic for sure. Something pre-2000, without a doubt. That being said, follow us on the Instagram because we're going to be taking in some listeners' opinions on what that episode should be about. Yes. So follow the Instagram. I'm going to put up a question maybe tomorrow or sometime over the weekend, and I'm going to ask the listeners what classic characters should we cover. I'm going to exclude. I'm going to say no 1978 Halloween, and I'm going to say no original Hellraiser because we've basically covered both now. So I'm thinking obviously like the original Chucky or original Friday or original, uh, original nightmare on Elm street, those types of classics. Obviously those are the big horror heads. It doesn't have to be that it can be anything. Like I said, as long as it's pre 2000, it could be scream for all I care. Pre 2000 is the goal. It'll be our first pre 2000 movie. So follow the Instagram, send us emails, answer the question. (laughs) So follow the Instagram at bloody spork. Make sure you're active. Once you see that question, um, if you want to email us further movie suggestions, like I said, I want, I would like November to be like an all listener recommendation month. Cause that makes, you know, my workload easier. Cause then we don't have to think, you know, we can just accept requests and we already have one. We got sinister queued up. So I can tell you right now, that's a November episode. Um, and like I said, we might take the week off for Thanksgiving. Not sure yet. Either way, that's going to do it from me, Dan, and Gavin, bye. Halloween ends terribly. Yeah, I almost ended myself watching. <laughs> I am so sad this movie exists. <laughs> but happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, fellas and ladies. Happy spooky month. Bye, Sporkies. Sporkies. Love you, Sporkies. <laughs>